You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome to the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need any cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. I'm such a Rob Dibble fan. Longtime major leaguer, MLB analyst, radio host, NLCS MVP, and just a hell of a good guy. I got to host radio with him back in the day. What's up, Dibs? How you doing, buddy? Hey, Bill. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Did you have a good summer? It was great. A lot of baseball, a lot of travel ball, but it was fun. How the uh, how the teams? You do you coach multiple teams, right? How'd you guys fare? Uh, we're up to twelve AAU travel teams from eight to seventeen. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> it's You're it's a nuts. CEO. We some tournaments. We went down to Ripken. Uh, our 12s, 13s did really well. I mean, I just I my my favorite thing is some of these guys that are graduating the program going to college is my favorite thing. That that's what this is all about. I just want these kids to continue playing, getting better, maybe get a free education. That that's the 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 most enjoyment I've had in my life. Dude, that is awesome. Rob Dibble here on on the show. Um, I'm trying. I love baseball. I'm trying to get enjoyment from Judge's 60th homer and his chase and the American League record of 61. And I don't know what it is. It's not it's not Judge's fault, Dibs. I'm just I can't connect with it the way that I maybe I would have 15 or 20 years ago. For you, what is your sort of connection with? What is your view? What is your takeaway from this pursuit? Well, I, I think it's way bigger than the game right now because the game has gone in the wrong direction and these ridiculous rules they're going to institute. Uh, the, the pitch clocks and all the other garbage because they think the fans need to be uh, stimulated. Um, this guy's amazing. You know, uh, Shohei Otani is, is amazing. Mike Trout, what Lindor's doing. He, he now has the career home run record for shortstops with the best. You know, the, the, the sport doesn't want to market itself and doesn't want to market the players. And, and the commissioner has already said that. So, like you just said, I, I mean, it, it's not just about that this guy bet on himself and is trying to get a huge contract. It's about he's carried the Yankees the entire year. Nobody else has even been close to him. Rizzo's hit a few home runs, some RBIs. Um, Stanton occasionally when he's healthy is in there. But other than that, um, he has literally carried this Yankees team. And I don't know how far they're going to go in the postseason, but enjoy this because he might not be back in pinstripes next year. This kid deserves a, a contract way bigger than Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, way bigger than Machado or any of these other guys. He's doing it in, in the biggest media market. So, uh, and he could win the Triple Crown. So, literally, it, it kind of reminds me of 98 where McGuire and Sosa saved the game because the, the, the commissioner and the owners don't care. They're making so much TV money, um, and, and they don't want to market these players. They just want to market themselves and how brilliant they are and their analytics departments that suck. Um, you know, it, to me, Bill, it's, it's, we, we've gotten to the point where nobody wants to market the players in major league baseball. NBA does a great job. NFL does a great job. Uh, soccer does a better job. We, we, you can't follow anybody because, um, you know, they don't want to do that. Major league baseball is, is light years behind every other sport. Rob Dibble on the show. Dibbs, let's say that Manfred was gone. And whoever you think the right commissioner is, Theo Epstein, it's 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 Joe Blow, it's whoever, the right commissioner, the right vision steps into that job. Do you think baseball on a two or five or ten year timeline 
could get to a, a place that would make you feel better about the state of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like you know, we started this. I, I love coaching, coach almost year-round now with uh, spring, summer, fall baseball. There's, there's a lot more kids that are getting involved. And they know that they're probably never going to play in the major leagues, but they love, um, like these kids last week, I'll, I'll give you my 17U team. They traveled an hour and a half down to the shore in Connecticut from where they live, um, played a 9 a.m. doubleheader, and loved every second of it. And that's what it's all about. It's being out on a field. It's, it's enjoying the world, uh, the grass, the dirt, and, and getting involved. You know, they love uh, all the things that come along with it, with the gear now. And th- this is wood bat. This is not aluminum. This is wood bat league. And these, these kids love the sport at its purest form. And that's what you have to show the public, that these kids love it. Like, everybody loves the Little League World Series. Then it goes away, and then football comes, and you kind of forget about baseball until the postseason. Then you're like, oh, yeah, baseball is actually really fun. They have these great games. You know, it's, it's not that there's not enough action. The, the, the analytics people have said less action is acceptable. To me, it's not. Stealing bases, going first to third, uh, hit and runs, bunts, all the things that I try to teach at the lower levels, um, they don't do that in the major leagues anymore. And when they do it, it's shocking. So when, when, I, when I see a team that can win with small ball, kind of like Buck Showalter and the Mets, what the Dodgers do, they're very good at it. Uh, some of these other teams that are the Guardians uh, with, with Terry Francona, they're excellent because they're well-coached. And I think it's, it's not about people telling you how, you know, if you fail, it's okay. It's about, no, listen, let, let's try and win every game. Let's try to score as many runs as we can and see how we do. Um, I, I think you've got to keep everything positive. That's how you could bring the game back. Not, not telling everybody the games are too slow, there's not enough action, the fans hate it. Um, no, that's the commissioner hates the sport. It's not the fans. The fans love it. I mean, Dibs, not to, not to get too, you know, off the beaten path here, but as a former happy newspaper guy, I can tell you that when your bosses have contempt for the product and for the community that they serve, things do not go well. And I'm hundred, and that's that's true with the local newspaper in a small town in Iowa, and that and that is true with with Major League Baseball. And one of the things about baseball, like one of the the many things I think that make me love it, that I perplex why MLB won't sell it, is the history of the game, and not to take anything away from the NBA or the NFL. But they don't have the history and the connection to history that baseball does. And, and take Albert Pujols, for example. The guy, what I think is at 698 now, getting to 700 home runs, that's a massive accomplishment in a single career, yep. but also in the, in the arc of the game. For you, a person who sees the game in its totality, what does Pujols, if he can get a couple more, what does that 700 mark mean? Um, it, it bridges those, those time gaps. And, and same thing with Judge. I mean, Judge has tied Babe Ruth, which makes younger generation kids look up Babe Ruth's numbers and, and when he played. And then you jump to Roger Maris. Now uh, we have an integrated game with Jackie Robinson. And so you've got even more competition. Then you look today, over 30% of the major leagues is, is Latin American, you know, and spectacular players coming from all over the world, you know, um, and Japan having a two-way player like Babe Ruth. You know, it's, it's generational. And that's, that's the thing that I look at. So Albert Pujols, I mean, here's, here's a guy that for his entire career was upset about where he was drafted, but he doesn't ever uh, lose sight of his roots. And, you know, even uh, when he hit his 697th home run and the girl tells him a story about, listen, my father died uh, a year ago today. 
and Albert says, uh, you know, exactly what Roger Maris said about the 61st home run. He said, you need this ball more than I do. So those are the kind of stories that, that I love and that don't get told enough. And if you weren't listening to the Yankee broadcast, you need to because that was where they told the story of Roger Maris. And even Paul O'Neill said, I never heard that story before. So Roger Maris gave this guy a ball, the 61st home run. The guy wanted to give it back to him. And Roger Maris said, no, you know, you need it more than I do. Um, I, I'm just proud of the accomplishment. The guy ended up selling the ball for $5,000. He, he was able to afford a house for his wife and kids. And it, it changed that guy's whole life. So I think, you know, Albert Pujols is the kind of guy like that, you know. And, and, you know, we need more guys like that. And I'm not saying that they're the best role models. Everybody has problems in their personal lives things like that. But as far as athletics go, these guys come from everywhere, all shapes and sizes. You know, to see O'Neill Cruz, a six foot seven shortstop, how can you not appreciate that? Yeah. yeah. He throws a hundred miles an hour. He throws he reminds me of Sean Dunstan. So what you have to do is you have to go back and say, what other shortstop threw like that from shortstop? What other players have been able to accomplish so much and be six foot seven? Oh, Aaron Judge, you know, uh Aldis Chapman, you know, uh John Carlos Stanton, you have three six foot seven guys on the Yankees. You know, it's incredible that they don't want to market uh, the, the, the unbelievable, you know, athletes that play this sport. And then you can look at, like, uh, the shortest guy in the league or the smallest guy, like an Altuve, and say, that guy is every bit as good on any given day as Aaron Judge, as O'Neill Cruz, as Albert Pujols, and yet he's only 5'8", 5'9". So, to, to me, anybody can play this sport as long as you put in the work and the effort. And some of these guys have come from the, the worst poverty you can imagine. That's what I appreciate. You know, some of the people I deal with here in Connecticut, um, and they're bringing wood bats over to the Puerto Rican League so that that league can survive. I don't make it to the major leagues, Bill, without playing three winners in Puerto Rico. But we don't know any of this stuff because they don't want to tell you about it. So uh, there, there are people that care about the game. Um, I, I wish, like you said, I wish that the owners and, and management would care more about it, but they don't, and that, that's a problem. Rob, I, I love it. Rob Dibble here on the show. Dibbs, I've got a soft place in my heart um, for Dayton Moore because my sort of brief tenure covering baseball, spring training, right? I didn't cover it day-to-day. I wasn't a grinder like some of those beat guys, but I was around the Royals a lot. I just like Dayton, and, and I knew enough about that market when I lived in Kansas City to, to appreciate the accomplishment that was getting to a couple World Series and winning one. But it's been a long time since the Royals were even remotely good, and, and Dayton Moore, the GM of the Royals, fired yesterday. Who's more to blame for, for the last six, seven years in Kansas City? Is it Dayton Moore just not being good at that job, or is it the system that makes it really hard for Kansas City to be successful? I, I, I don't blame it all on Dayton. Um, you, you know, he was in a system even before they won the championships where – they didn't want to spend a lot of money. You remember when they wanted to start a whole team from guys oh, yeah. they, they grew from the minor leagues, you know? Oh, yeah. And and so he ha- he gets his marching orders from the ownership. And, you know, just like the Angels and, and some of these other teams that continue to struggle, um, it, it's not just about throwing money at stuff. You still have to have evaluators. Um, you, it, I would love an NBA or NFL-type salary cap, something where you have a floor where they have to spend a certain amount of money. Some of these owners, including Cincinnati right now, Pittsburgh is awful. Um, they, they are not spending enough money to put a good product out there. So Dayton Moore, I, I just think he's, he's, you know, this is a product of what's going on in Major League Baseball 
where you can be good for three years and then be bad for five years, and ownership is still getting rich off of their fan base who are very loyal, love Kansas City Royal fans. Um, they're diehard as anybody out there. And, and then the, the management sometimes is like, listen, we just need $10 million more to, to trade for this guy, and it'll put it over the top, and they'll be like, no. So you, know, you and I both know the inner workings of these organizations where uh, you know, the buck stops with the owner. And whether or not he wants to in, increase payroll, decrease payroll, um, and, and be competitive. I mean, I, I see it all the time. You know, now you see the Red Sox are kind of going through it. Yes, they've spent money, but a lot of it's dead money. Um, and their minor league system, they, they fired all their coaches a few years ago. So you, yep. you kind of retooled with new coaches, new philosophies, analytics. And now these guys are bringing up to the major league. Can't hit. Can't pitch. You know, and, and, and the prospects are few and far between. So Royals are just kind of a product of the system that's going on right now, Major League Baseball, where we'll spend when we're told to spend, and we're not going to spend if we don't have to as long as we're making a profit. Dibs, uh, maybe last one here for you. I could do this forever, but I'm probably going to run out of time because this, this, this stuff's so good, man. I love, I love this conversation. Let's hit, let's hit this one. Mets or Braves in the NL East, do you think? I mean, the Braves have been on a tear, and the Mets are obviously very, very good. I think it's going to be spectacular postseason. Um, I do too. Kyle Wright doesn't get enough national love. Um, you know, he is uh, like Gonsolin with the Dodgers. He, again, I mean, these guys would be like Drysdale and Koufax in, in the 60s and, and 70s. I mean, you're, you're talking about two amazing seasons that these pitchers are having. Well, we spend a lot of time on Verlander, and I love him. Um, but but they, they just have some amazing players down there. And so Atlanta has great young players. The Mets, they have some veteran players now. Lindor uh, is now the team leader along, along with Alonzo, Scherzer, and DeGrom. If they could find a third guy, maybe Carrasco, uh, they're going to go deep into the postseason. So really, I, I think it's more about health at this point. How healthy is your bullpen? That whole, I, I know you were probably following that the Timmy Trumpet thing with Edwin Diaz. That guy hasn't pitched a lot in September. I don't know if it's a curse or just that the Mets haven't been in a lot of close games, um, but, but they need Edwin Diaz to win. You know, Atlanta Braves, great pitching, great defense, well coached. I, I think they both can go deep in the playoffs. It's just going to probably – I don't think either one of them can get by the Dodgers, though. I think the Dodgers are still the, the way to go through the National League to get to the World Series. I mean, man, it is insane how good the Dodgers are. Rob Dibble here on uh, here on the show. Dibs, uh, dude, I love having you on. I love the passion. I love the perspective. I happen to agree with everything you say. As always, buddy, I know you're busy. Thanks for um, thanks for making time. No problem. You take care, Bill. All right, pal, you too. Rob Dibble on the show. It's nice to have a baseball guy come on and not pretend that baseball is in the best shape on the face of the earth. One thing about about baseball people, including people we have on the show and friends, colleagues who cover it is how defensive they are that baseball is in a perfect state and everything's fine and the emperor has no clothes the emperor has no clothes guys robert manfred in this analogy ain't wearing clothes all right 855-212-4cbs if you want to give us a call d cell buy or sell is what today jam packed Oh, it's a crowded buyer sell. It's it's the Times Square of buyer sells next year on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, what's going on? Welcome into the show. Happy Thursday. CBS Sports Radio. Bill Ryder, what's up? With D Cell. At D Cell CBS. Let's go. 
Kirk Cousins, adult diapers, it's all happening. I'm not I'm not putting that expression aside, T Cell. I'm not I'm not doing it. No matter how uncomfortable I look. <laughs> Let's do buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill, before you even ask, yes, I am doing this on purpose. After Sunday night's loss to the Packers, Bears quarterback Justin Fields found himself in hot water after these comments. It hurts more than a lot for the Bears fans, I mean, because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. Um, I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in, so... It hurts more in the locker room than it does the fans. Now, Fields, to his credit, attempted to clarify those comments yesterday. I should have did a better job explaining what I meant by that. But um, what I meant by that was I'm talking about work, you know, regarding uh, the game on Sunday, winning the game. You know, I don't know any fans. I don't know what they're doing in their personal lives. Um, And I respect every fan that we have. I'm, you know, glad that we have fans. So... Um, You know, I would never disrespect, you know, anybody on what they do or what they love to do. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell, you appreciate Justin Fields' honesty. Sell. Sell. I hate the Bears so much. I bet the Chicago (laughs) media had a Fields day. Buy. Hey. Nailed it. This just in. Be quiet. Buy. Oh. Okay. Two for two. Hot start. I mean, what? They're just going to ruin this poor kid, man. By all accounts, great dude, great leader, excellent player, winner. And he comes to Chicago, and it all, to quote Kanye, it all falls down. I mean, this is a little tongue-in-cheek here, but, like, have they ruined him already? Maybe. He just sounds yes. so despondent. Bye. I do, or he does. Bye. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. All right, let's keep it in the NFL here. On the Richard Sherman podcast this week, Sherman and former Legion of Boom teammate in Seattle, K.J. Wright discussed how Pete Carroll, the head coach, treated quarterback Russell Wilson differently than everybody else. He was not held to the same accountability as the rest of us. You bashing the defense. I need you to at least mention his name in the team meeting room. But there wasn't enough years difference for the accountability thing to be like that. Well, he was young. It's like, well, he was a year younger than us. Like, he ain't that young. When you got 52 guys being held to a certain standard, you got one guy not being held to the standard, then it's going to cause some friction. After a while, it had to get to the point where he chose Russ or the defense. And after the Super Bowl loss, he kind of made it pretty clear who he was choosing. Buy or sell that Russell Wilson should have been treated differently. I mean, Tom Brady gets treated differently. Aaron Rodgers gets treated differently. I don't know if it's what should happen, but it is what does happen in successful organizations. So, bye, I guess. Bye. Push back on this. You want to say that's bogus? Bogus? I want to be on their side. I want to be on the defense's side because... Russ is easy to not be on his side. When they were at their peak, their absolute peak, wasn't the defense outperforming Russ? Yeah, but the quarterback always wins. Like I, I that's the that's the thing. Like, what if what if they're being babies here? Like not knowing all the specifics and how bad Russ might have been, almost any team you're on, the quarterback the quarterback wins. When He's always was the, the coolest guy in the room. When was the last time, though, a defense this elite 
who was probably the reason they were winning more so than the quarterback. I know the quarterback is talented. I don't know. More so than the too. quarterback. Well, that's the thing. He's This is not, and Trent Dilfer is always the person to bring up, but this is not a mediocre quarterback being dragged forward by an elite defense. Elite defense, no doubt. But Russ is plenty good. Legion of Boom. They had such a cool nickname. I, I'm, with, I'm with Bogus. I'm with, I, I mean. See, to me, when I listened to that clip, I didn't hear I didn't hear guys complaining like being babies. I heard like, hey, man, like we're just as every bit as good as he is. Why is he getting the preferential treatment? Right, but I, that's why I want to know what they mean. Like, was Russ late to yes. meetings? Was he getting Was he getting extra time off? Was he getting an extra pancake in the morning from the, the lunch lady? Ooh, like that's, I wouldn't stand for the extra pancake. Right. That would turn me. You know, better parking spot. What are we actually arguing over? Because there's a lot of room here for nonsense or for real things that then makes them even more right. All right, Bogus, let's get to your team here. Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay, who's gone over 1,000 yards receiving twice in his career, albeit is with the Lions, is frustrated through two games that he isn't getting targeted and he isn't getting much playing time either. I should be playing regardless. Bottom line, if you are not if you are not gonna play, do you wanna be here? If you are not if this is gonna be your playing time, uh, do you we wanna not, be we, here? We, we not gonna get into all that right now. Uh but we're going into week three. We're gonna see how it go. It's a lot of a lot of football left. Mr. Galladay, while he said the right things there, does not sound too happy. Now Galladay he signed him sounds thrilled. Four years, seventy-two million dollar deal with New York before the twenty twenty one season. Buy yourself the Giants need to find a way to work Kenny Galladay into their Wait. offense. The undefeated New York Giants. You're asking me to question the team that is unbeaten. Sell. Sell. He should gall away if he's going to have a problem with Bye. it. Bye. Diesel, how many NFL teams are there? Uh, 32. How many teams are 2-0 and right now? Uh, I believe there's six. Six. Small group. Giants are one of those six. Elite. Bill is right. Galladay is wrong. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being 100%. I know there's some truth in what you're saying. I can't tell if no, you truly are believe being... this. You know this is not... If the season just... ended today, they would be undefeated, D-Cell. Yes, right. if we didn't play the in remaining the playoffs. 16 in weeks the playoffs. of the season. Don't know tiebreakers, but they could have a bye. You don't know that. I don't know that, but it's possible. Show some respect. Let All right, let me rephrase this. Should the Giants try harder to get Kenny Galladay into their offense? No, Kenny Galladay should try harder, it seems like, in general, in all <laughs> facets of being a football player. I think that Kenny should probably look at Kenny for a second. Yeah. He, Kenny, if he tries, bye. Bye. Oh, Bogus, I like that. I ruined the moment. <laughs> I deeply regret asking that question. All right, let's stay in the NFL here. We know the Raiders are 0-2, having lost to the Chargers week one, and of course last week's 20-point collapse to the Cardinals. Yet quarterback Derek Carr has no panic. If I'm honest, the way that the way that Josh and everyone in this building has like made it, like our mindsets and the way we do it is we win or lose, it's going to hurt. It's going to we're going to correct it and we're going to work and like it's like. Even on good days at camp, like bad days at camp, we came in and did the same thing every day. So, like, he really tries to make it because he's played and, you know, or not, you know, he's coached in some of the biggest games. He's been around it that he knows that that's the process on how to do it. And so he's just teaching us that, you know, there's no 
heightened since then. It should always be heightened. Buy or sell the Raiders turning around their season. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, does that mean that someone's lying more than 50% of the time? More, yeah. It's got to be around like 75% of the time. You think so, Bogish? That sounds about right. I also feel like it's coming before a negative comment. Like, it's a little bit of a buffer. Like, if I'm being honest, that shirt looks bad on you. Or if I'm being honest... But nobody does the reverse. Nobody says, well, well if that, I'm lying... That's but because <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Yeah. If I'm lying... But I then why, why do we say, if I'm being honest? Like, we want you to be honest. That's why we ask the question. Because you're, usually you're softening a blow. Like, it's you know you're going to say something that's going to skew negative. So you begin it with... Well, if I'm being honest, you know, I, I don't know. Everything I want to say is mean, so I'm not going to say. I'm not going to actually give an example, but if I'm being it. honest, I like it when people dress like youth pastors. See, that's how you know people are lying <laughs> when they say that. Uh, the Raiders, if they lose this weekend, they could be 0 and 5 because they've got the Broncos next, and then the Chiefs. Oh no, they're not losing to the Broncos in that. Cluster, you know the what they going on there. They can't, the Broncos don't have to run offense right now. Or manager clock, no chance. Nathaniel can't hack it. Come on, He'll it's his first two, two games. Two games as a head coach. As a head coach, but he has seen football before these two games. They're going to be one and four. I'm going to sell they turn their season around. Sell. I, I, think, I think the Broncos are going to win. I think the Broncos are going to figure it out before the Raiders. All right, let's get to some college. Are you on the Raiders bandwagon? Do you think the Raiders are going to turn it around? I'm just, I'm off the Broncos bandwagon. And I do think the Raiders win this weekend. They're going to beat the Titans. Is it solely because of Nathaniel Hackett? Oh, I mean, yes, completely and utterly spooked by his, the entire structure of that thing. I don't understand how this happens. Are you trying to run him out of town already? I wish I had the power to do such a thing, D-Cell, but I don't. Two games in. I mean, you're not going to fire him now, but if this, I don't. It's been inexplicably bad. It's been two games. They won How many one games? Of them. They won one of them. How many games can the Broncos go if they play badly and keep losing? What's the earliest he could be fired? They've got the Broncos have the Niners this weekend, then the Raiders, then the Colts, then the Chargers. Come if on, this is are, not a thing. He's not getting fired he, in season. No, not in if, season. Not in season. You don't seem convinced, Bill. You don't seem convinced. I think they probably won't because they have a, a, a tendency to hold on to hold on to um, coaches too long. And I'm trying to, if I'm remembering this, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't this the first hire of the new GM who supplanted and sort of pushed aside Elway? So like that's not a great. If I'm if I'm got that down right, that's not a great sign there either. And he was he was hired before new ownership. Hackett. That's right. Well, that does change things. He's not going to get fired in season, but I think but we have no idea what this Walton heir is as a boss. So if, if if this keeps happening, you have to have a conversation next offseason. Like, what is going what on in your head? Seven? What if they're two and seven? No, it's, there's, not, there's not a scenario he where he's fired in season. one of the two games yeah, he's against coached. the Texans. He's won. <laughs> what, Barely. He won. Barely. Bogus, buy or sell as a name for the show, Nathaniel Can't Hack It. Uh, yeah, his show or this show? This show. Uh, buy. 
he's yeah, not his, I don't think he'll go for it. I well, mean, yes. The podcast he'll host when he's a former NFL head coach. He could host, he'll host it with Scott Pioli, my colleague. All right, but, I'm just going to go to college football here because I, I have no you response you to that. that. <laughs> I'm just programmed. You both put your heads down. All right. All right, ahead of Saturday's game against the country's top team, Georgia, Kent State head coach Sean Lewis said, quote, they've surrendered 10 points through three games. They're averaging 43 points offensively. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's the greatest collection of talent that's ever been assembled on a football team because of the work that Coach Smart and his staff, the tireless, relentless effort they've put in the building a program to an elite, elite level, end quote. Buy or sell, this year's Georgia team has a chance to go down as one of the best college football teams ever. Did Coach Lewis say that before or after he, he asked for Smart's autograph? Did that come after the autograph I request? think it was just after. Like, Coach Smart had just entered the room. I mean, can I just buy or sell that you find it just a little awkward for an opposing coach to be that over the top? I sell it, but like I acknowledge, like best team ever. Georgia is really good, man. Like they are really good. How about like this is an incredibly talented team, and Coach Smart's done an amazing job, and we're gonna do what we can. But like, I'm the Kent State coach. They're the best team in history. Translates to we can't win. It's an impossibility, doesn't it? This is the one of the best teams of all time. Yes, and you're Kent State. It feels like yes, they are there just for the paycheck. Which they They're are. Can't state. But I hey. really do. Oh. Buy that one. Can't state. Come Come on. But the, I don't know. The the opposite. I'm tired of too. Like they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like us. And the field's still a hundred yards. And the goalposts are this. Like I. The Hoosiers speech, I don't need either. That we're all the same. Because we're not. That's why they're Georgian. That's why you're can't state. I once tested that expression. I thought it was stupid. It turns out you cannot put your pants. You fall over. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> That's why I was out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was gone. Oh, my shoulder still hurts. Just on the floor. Two yep. tangled my... legs and pants. Oh, boy. The EMT had a, had a, had a field day with that one. Well, like, where did that expression come from? Had a field day. Is that like an old expression for a day off? No, like a field that, day, right? But, like, isn't that a thing still at schools? Like, you have field day? Like, where's, where's, like, full. That's a field trip. No, like, no, no. field day. Like, yeah. like, it's all, like, games, like the potato sack races and stuff. Isn't it's that called, called field day? Yeah. Mm hmm. No, it's not. It, uh, it is. 100%. Called, I got you, D Cell. Okay, there's the expression. Sell uh, that Georgia's going to be one of the best teams of all time. Sell. I. I think I would take the field over Georgia this year. I just, I just. Ooh, that's really interesting. I think at this yeah. moment, it's so early. I think it's I so might early. take Georgia. Over the field? Yeah, they look really good. They look really good. You have to win a national championship, and you can't lose a single game to be the best team of all time, right? And then you have to win the national championship in dominating fashion. And while I, I suppose that's possible, to just get into the consideration I am going to sell the notion that that's going to happen. I think people tend to overreact early on, and, you know, Kent State is, is saying it fine. If Saban says it, maybe I'll reconsider. All right, let's get to some hoops here. Chicago Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will undergo arthroscopic knee surgery on his left knee and will be reevaluated in four to six weeks. Now, Ball last played on January 14th, a long time ago. Initially, Chicago felt that Ball would be out just eight weeks 
but Ball's discomfort has yet to subside eight months later. Buy or sell Lonzo Ball's surgery makes you concerned about him for next season. It does. Bye. Bye. Buy or sell Bogus, it's too mean to rename him Lonzo Campbell. That's too mean. Bye. Because, I mean, it's not like he's yeah. throwing his knee into like a wood chipper. Like it's it's not his fault if his knee just for some reason can't stay healthy. Now is this on it's ball or is this on the Bulls? Like they thought he was going to be out for eight weeks. It's well, been eight months. It could just be on yeah. biology. Yeah, I think it's just one of those awful. Some guys just can't. Some guys just can't stay. Grant Hill, right? I mean, I know he got to play, but he could have been. Top five player of all time and wasn't able to stay healthy. It just it's it's one of the deals. It, it's it's such a bummer too because he is. I think he's a he's a great player, and he's a. I think he's one of those guys that can be. He's never gonna be the best or second best player on a championship team, but I think he's a guy that plays on a team that becomes a champion because he's such a cog, man. He's such an important piece. Made himself an above average three point shooter too. Like that shot yeah. was so ugly when he came into the league. He is an above-average shooter now, and I don't think he gets enough yep. credit for that. Really good defensively, works at his game. It, it's, it's, yeah, man, it's a bummer. All right, let's finish up with well, some baseball Lonzo here. still can ball. I, I feel bad. Bye. Let's finish up with some baseball here. Last question. Yesterday, the New York Mets made history as they were hit by a pitch for the 106th time as a team this season. Although hit-by-pitches across baseball are actually down this season compared to last year. Buy or sell the Mets hit-by-pitch record says more about the Mets than it does about the pitchers that they faced. Yeah, bye. Bye. Yeah. I like it when, when guys get hit. I think it's good for... I think it's good to, to settle that stuff on the field. I wish there were more fights in baseball. 106 times just seems so it's egregious. I don't follow the Mets that closely. How many times have they have there's been like a a, 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 a fight or at least guys... Not the, many. Baseball's too soft. Yeah. Not it many. How many Met games you watch this year, bro? Enough to know that there haven't. How many Ooh. times have benches cleared? Twice? Happened the other Both day, actually. So but how many in totality? How many? Less than five. Right. Because the Mets More have than... strangely been accepting, like, after the game going, that wasn't on purpose. And that's that not wasn't called on soft? purpose. That wasn't on purpose. Um, I would argue it's called smart because they're in the middle of a, the middle of a pennant race and Pete Alonso yes, charging them out and getting suspended. Yes, but they have been in the middle of a pennant race all season. Um, they oh, have stop. been since they July. Up, they were up by 10, 12 games. That's not a middle of a pennant race. You, so that's the time where you could break your hand on a pitcher's face fighting him? If you're going to, you told me that there, how many how many brawls have there been? How many times has the I, benches cleared? I'm not the one asking for them to be brawls. No, but you were angered when I said they're soft. Baseball's too soft now. I would I like, like you to tell them they're back. soft. I would too. Mm-hmm. You know what that reminded me of? You guys right there? It reminded me of Sam versus Tori. Who? What? Samantha versus Tori. Cobra Kai rivalry. Oh. Nah. going to go. I had nothing yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Two badasses going at it with style and strength. Which brings me to Cobra Kai. I finished it last night with my kids, so I'm up for a 30-second review tomorrow, D-Cell. We have a busy show. We can squeeze it in. It got pretty crazy. It, do you know what Jump the Shark means? Do you know where Jump the Shark comes from, D-Cell? The expression uh, Jump the I Shark. I do not know where it originates. You know what it means, right? I do. I love this. Do you know Do you know where it comes from, Bogus? I do. 
Would you like to tell Diesel? Yeah. You'll think I'm making it up. Fonzie actually jumped a shark <laughs> water skiing. And that was the confirmation of the decline of him and Happy Days. <laughs> and that's where it originated. When shows <laughs> actually, go from good to bad, they jump the shark like Fonzie yeah. did. He jumped a shark. How was the shark contained in the ocean? I never understood that. I mean, this was 1971. I don't think we asked those questions back then. We didn't ask those questions. Um, I don't think Cobra Kai jumped the shark, but it came close, and I'm going to do that in a 30-second review tomorrow. Are you excited, Diesel? Very excited. A Friday movie review. TV show. This segment is called Movie Review. I know it is, so we got to get the guy to change it. Yeah. we got to have two versions by tomorrow. Have fun with that. Let's talk Thursday Night Football after this CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogus. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Uh, it's Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio with the perpetually bemused Tom DeCelestino, the executive producer of the show. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, Holiday Tripleheaders, and every postseason game catch all the action on the Odyssey app on WestwoodOneSports.com, via Westwood One Station streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone, free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. What's up, Tommy? Tommy Muscles? D-Cell? We're getting really close to National Nickname Day, and I'm dreading it. It's uh, two weeks from now. I'm actually going to be on the road for National Nickname Day, so I'll be doing it. Oh, does that mean you're going to forget about it? No, it's on the calendar. Why are you dreading it? Because I have way too many nicknames to keep track of, and I... Don't I don't like most of them. I don't know if I like I, any of them. You don't like any of the nicknames we have for you. Yeah, I'm I know that's hard because there's 57 of them. Well, I'm pulling up the file. Didn't your wife, Eeyore, that's your wife's love name. Or as you called it yesterday, Eyesore. I did call it Eyesore <laughs> on accident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, misre- I did a typo. I think I said it kind of like, she calls you eyesore. Like, wow, that's really mean. Like, even for your you, like, that's a lot. I think it was autocorrect in the file. I mean, D-Cell is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one stuck. What is Transition Tommy? Oh, uh, that's from By or Sell. My great transitions. Great with oh, air buzz, quotes. Buzzkill Tommy. Pretty Daddy is a great one. Pretty Daddy is a great one. All right. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a Thursday night football game tonight. Steelers against the Browns. And I, I want Pittsburgh on so many levels to, to outperform, frankly, their quarterback position. Mike Tomlin is literally historically great in terms of consecutive seasons with a winning record and just what he's done for that organization. It's a really good team defensively. And I like, on a personal level, Mitchell Trubisky. And the Steelers are one of one but it's been lackluster what we've seen from them so far. We know the reason the Browns are struggling. They do not have a premier quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Rightfully so, suspended for a big chunk of the season. I wish he were suspended longer, but they're in that sort of weird limbo holding pattern until then. And Charlie Batch was on the show yesterday when, when Jody Mack graciously filled in when I was out, and the former Steeler talked about his concerns with that Pittsburgh team. Right now, this team does not have an identity, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. For two years, Steelers owner uh, Ar- Rooney has talked about improving the running game. You made a move last year with Najee Harris. 
You're trying to improve that offensive line, but yet the numbers and the stats aren't where it needs to be. And that ultimately impacts the play-action game on what you're doing with this Steelers offense. So it starts with the identity. Right now they don't have it. You start seeing the rumbling right now happening with the receivers, and they're saying, you know, we've got to call more plays down the field, and it just seems like more finger-pointing is going on than usual right now. So I think that's going to be something that we're all going to pay attention to. So you'd agree, Diesel, I imagine, that on paper the Browns are a more talented football team than the Steelers. I would agree with that. And you would agree, I think, although maybe you won't, that though you wouldn't want either, Jacoby Brissett is probably a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I close. Yeah, yeah, it's closer than it should be, but yeah, I would go with Brissett. And yet, my gut tells me the Steelers can win the game, and that just comes down to coaching and culture. I think I'm in the same spot too. Yeah, I think I'm in the same exact spot. They're they're better run. They have more of a sense of belief. They have a better coach, and by the way, almost you know they have a better coach than almost any team they play in the National Football League. That is more about Tomlin than it is about his counterpart. I think I like the Steelers tonight. And again, the NFL's first four weeks for me are always about revelation. They're about telling us what we don't know. It's part of what makes the NFL so interesting. Every year there's a lot of possible outcomes. We'll know a lot about each of these teams after this game. Uh, Great show. Thank you. Good job, Pretty Daddy. Uh, Thank you to Andrew Bogus. Thank you to Rob Dibble for being on the show. I'm Bill Ryder. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the show on CBS Sports Radio.